0: Welcome to episode 81 on the Worship Leader Toolbox, where today we want to talk about five things great worship team members do. Thanks for joining us for the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, the ministry of WorshipLeaderToolbox.com. No matter the style, size, or situation of your church, we're praying these practical ideas might encourage and inspire your leadership in your local church and with your team. If you have any thoughts or questions, please reach out to us at WorshipLeaderToolbox.com. Now jumping into today's episode. It's a great day and we're back on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. My name is Dave and I'm here with
1: Tim, and we're looking forward to sharing another great episode. How's it going, Tim? Oh, it's going great. We're uh, always in the middle of something and um, the preparing and schedule and equipping and basically just keeping things rolling through the department at church worship ministry and also through harvest ministry, which is another avenue of leading worship. Although, um, this particular month is more preparation, getting ready for what's next.
0: That's cool. And I think a big part of what makes a great podcast ministry is when you're living it. We're also in the middle of some similar things. And I know every church has slightly different details they're working with, but either way, it's a blessing. Today's segment is a seasonal question. We're preparing for Christmas. So what is something you're doing this year?
1: Well, our message series um, is kind of unique this year. I guess everybody tries to come up with something unique for Christmas. I heard somebody say uh, when the message, if you're preaching the same message every 12 months, um, if you're not sure if you could think of anything new, just make sure you tell something that's true. So that kind of applies to Christmas because you gotta keep telling the story but um, this year we're actually doing first-person drama style narratives so the preaching is uh oh, nice. you know, people dressing up in you know garments and headbands and and um, speaking from the perspective of characters that you don't hear a lot during Christmas story the first one was Eve because of our need for sin why Jesus had to come to start with and then Zechariah was last week and then the angel and then uh, a guard from Herod's group and the innkeeper so like various like lesser known characters. And so that's, that's the sermon message series. And it's been awesome. And then we also, you know, have the usual, uh, Christmas concert with the traditional groups, the bells and organs. So at our, our church, we have modern worship and, uh, another venue for traditional worship. And both are about even in terms of attendance and excitement and energy. So that's cool. Yeah. I can't think, I mean, the other just general stuff is, um, things like Last week we had some high school students join us for the worship band and got a lot of feedback from that, so that was neat. And uh, this week we have like a praise choir joining, about fifteen voices singing along with all the songs along with the worship band. Ooh! Next week we're doing a drum Sunday because there's a handful of Christmas songs that are great with drums. So all oh. the drummers, all the drummers in the church will come and you know do little drummer boy from King Country and all that stuff.
0: So besides little drummer boy, what's another good drum Christmas song?
1: Well, over the years we've done various versions of little drummer boy and people always really respond to it. It's almost become a tradition, but we haven't done it the last two or three years because Christmas has been outdoors and other various things due to the pandemic. But we're also going to do angels. We have heard on high and keep the drum ensemble going for that song. And, um, and at one time we, you know, went and borrowed all the marching drums from the high school and, did oh, a big, wow. huge cadence kind of Christmas thing after one lone kid sang Little Drummer Boy and played the snare. It was just different ways. Nice. But um, another special thing we're doing this week is we asked somebody in the church to make biscuits and gravy for all the worship team members after the sound check. Oh, nice. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which great. may not be great for vocals, but who cares?
0: Yeah, I was going to say having <laughs> the uh, the thick gravy, that might, as long as, you, as long as you wash it down with some good black coffee, right? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a busy no. season,
1: but, but it's really fun. So what about you?
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got the decorations up. We had a nice little, uh, church Christmas party and got decorations up. Uh, we've got all of the songs, uh, mapped out for December. We got that done a, a week or two ago and that takes a little pressure off. Uh, cause you know, half of them are going to be Christmas songs anyway. Um, line them up with whatever message was that week and, uh, getting uh, Christmas Eve, uh, service prepped and, uh, it's going good. That's cool. Well, getting to our episode today, we don't take any of our worship team members for granted. Each one has God-given gifts and skills, invests extraordinary amounts of time learning music and leading worship, and are awesome people. Leaders have to be grateful for their people.
1: So we've picked out five things that great team members do. And and these five things are are habits that help make... um, great things happen in worship ministry and leadership, but it's not just for the presentational side. It's also for life in general as we work together. So that's uh that's a big part of why we made this little list of five things. Great team members do. We'll put the burden on the team members, not the leaders just to make it easier.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, number one is respond quickly to communication.
1: Yeah. One aspect for success for a worship ministry is when everybody is talking together because unlike some other things in church when you can kind of just you know set it and forget it like uh coffee makers or uh and nothing things are not nothing of these are less important i schedule a lot of these people myself and spend time talking about it too but you know if you if you schedule candle lighters or greeters then um after you got the initial stuff together you're kind of done but worship minister is different because after you schedule people, then you have to have the communication to plan out what you're actually going to do and who's going to take what and how it's going to all happen together. And so responding quickly to communication is a huge gift to a leader from the team, because in planning, um, the chemistry is important. So if you need a particular song to have a particular instrument, then you want to find out if that person's available and you want to hear, you know, without like a four or five day delay so that you can continue planning. And, um, I realize sometimes that's kind of tough if you're talking about a six, eight Sundays out and you ask somebody, Hey, can you come play the saxophone? Well, they may not exactly know, or they might have tentative plans. It's not always easy to, to know everything, but the quickly responding to communication keeps planning moving. And so with all the tech questions, ideas, song keys, arrangement ideas, it's just really handy if you can just ping quickly back and forth and, um, you know, Understanding the expectation of boundaries, you don't do that at 10:30 at night and expect people to, you know, respond and all that stuff. But, and and I, I say this all with a tiny bit of conviction because I actually have like 318 unread text messages myself. Oh so man, I I am not always the best at, at quick response. But uh, the planning center yellow is not our friend. I would rather have red than yellow. I well, that was going to be my um, yeah. that was
0: going to be my question: is Do you use the planning center for communication, or is there a better method?
1: Well, planning center is really the premier thing to use and that helps you lock in for you know who's going to do what what songs you're doing and all that stuff. So and when you when you you know if you use planning center if you don't planningcenteronline.com is a great place to go to get song files and team members together for worship. But if you um send out a schedule and then people linger unknowing, you know, not knowing and I know you can set up rules and expectations, and for the most part I'm not talking about our team here. Cause for the most part, everybody does really well. Like we, we are able to find out if you can make it or not make it. But in our meetings, I always try to tell people red and green are our friends and yellow mm. is the enemy. Like so the unknown I, is the bad.
0: I've got to ask you about this. We actually don't use, we just started using planning center maybe a month ago or something. Um, and so we, we don't do any, um, communication about, Hey, can you make practice? There's whatever in planning center. It's all through, uh, emails. Um, So tell me about this whole yellow thing and and all that.
1: Well, on the, on the email, um, you know, you could schedule people on planning center. And if you just started using it, I'd be happy to show you a little bit about it to make a few things easier. Cause if you're just starting, if I was just restarting now, I would do a lot of things different, but, uh, we've been using it for several years, but whenever you send everybody an email, it sends out, Hey, you can make this date. Can you be a part of this? Can you do that? And then it, um, gives an opportunity to accept or decline the date and the invitation oh, okay. to serve. And and if they accept, it turns green. They're on the schedule. They're all green. If they decline, it turns red. They give you a reason if they were, want to. And then if they're asked and they've received the communication but they haven't responded, it stays yellow.
0: And that's oh, okay. when you're not
1: sure if they're going to be there or not. And you can't continue the planning because of that. So after we send that initial email, because that is through email, although you can turn on your text notification notification about planning center and you can do it through the app. So a lot of people use the app as kind of a texting deal with that. But, um, once all that's done, then there's a second level, which I experienced this week and most weeks where you talk to somebody and say, Hey, we're going to try this song in two weeks. Uh, this is a cool song you suggested, or, or I'd love to try this with the guitar part or whatever. And then I'll get a text that says, Oh, so is this going to be in the key of F or G? Because I think when the recording, they do this and can we do this? And so those are like the little tidbits that people just need to hear back from you on or that you need to hear back from. I've sent a lot of texts over the years to female vocalists to say, hey, does this song work for you in the key of C? Because I'm just kind of guessing. And then they'll, you know, dink around their piano or their phone app and write back and say, yeah, C is great or whatever. So it's a combination. The emails schedule people, you know, three to six weeks in advance. And the texts are kind of the quick little Tidbits the week of. Okay, well, number two is learn music before rehearsal. Yeah, and there's, you've probably heard quotes like this too. Um, and I, I was going to say, backing up here a second, that planning center, you use it a little differently if it's always the same worship team every week. So I know a lot of churches kind of have the the core group that's always the same. Planning center is still helpful, even that, because you can share all the music files, but it changes a little bit as far as like if you're scheduling, you know, this drummer or that drummer on various weeks or whatever. But, but you've probably heard quotes for this, um, learning music. One of them is, um, practice at home, rehearse together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the great team members just know what's coming up. They, they take the music, they do it. This is all in tandem with, with a leader who's got the chords together. And, and again, sometimes I'm better at that than other times, but, um, one of the things that happens is, uh, great team members show up and they've heard the track, they've listened through it, they may have a question like, hey, are we all going to do this big stop? Are we going to do this instrumental section? Are we just going to go on by it? Other team members, and I know that sometimes life gets in the way and all of a sudden you're you know, just overwhelmed, but other team members at times will show up and say, wow, I never heard this one. And that's a <laughs> yeah. phrase you don't want to throw out at rehearsal when all the other people have put in you know, a couple hours making sure they had all the parts. And so the culture to build in a perfect world or even close to perfect is the the chords are together. The tracks are in there and people run through it all before they show up to church to rehearse. And then everybody is building up everybody and lifting it up even higher than it would be otherwise.
0: Yeah. That's, that's real handy when you have that time to practice, you work out some bugs. Um, do you have a, a practice before your Sunday mornings or do you do your practice before our service on Sunday mornings?
1: The rehearsal time slot is Wednesday night okay. and that's when we get together to run through and make sure all the music is is good. But then on Sunday mornings, we meet about an hour and a half before worship and we kind of do a, a re sound check just to make sure nothing, you know, make sure the gremlins didn't get in there and mess it all up. And then, yeah, we usually wind up running through the songs one time, like just go through all of them because we have time to do it. And then we take a break and pray and have some food and then get ready for church. And so, um, the the other reason we pull that Sunday morning time slot out, which is kind of more of a sound check than a rehearsal, is because um, so often there are things that happen in that space between Wednesday and Sunday. So we have to use a reset. Mm. Yeah.
0: Good. Number three is encourage others on the team. And uh, I like this one a lot because I don't think we encourage uh, team members outside of worship, you know, on other committees or or whatever. I don't even think we encourage enough and in these other areas. So this is a good reminder about, um, all the areas of encouraging each other.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, this is like a pretty obvious one, but, um, great team members just encourage others. I mean, they don't, they don't get snarky or, uh, use sarcasm in a way that's hard to decipher and they just, you know, love people. And, you know, when they can say something's great, they, they say it's great. And when they need to say something like, Hey, here, here's, that's really awesome. But here's what you can, uh, also do to even do this and just, and I've just noticed that, you know, you probably have to, you're done with worship team rehearsal and people stand around a little bit talking about life or, you know, new gear or, uh, things happening at home work, whatever. And those are all great times to encourage each other. And, um, and leaders especially can do this and thank people and encourage people, but great team members also do this and they just take the initiative to be a part of that. Be a part of the body.
0: Speaking of encouragement, we want to lift up a shout to our current sponsor, Don Satterly with ProAlarm. You can get all the security and surveillance your church needs, including a a keypad for the doors so worship team members can easily go in and out. You can reach Don at 618-887-4803. We know not everyone is in our local listening area, but if you're even close, check them out. ProAlarm.net. We're back, and we've talked about the first three things team members do: respond to communication quickly, learn the music before rehearsal, and encourage others on the team. And now on to number four: serve off stage as much as on.
1: Now, this we could probably do a whole nother little series on, but the the larger the church gets the more often team members are focused on a specific role in ministry. Like if you're part of a smaller church, you kind of wear like seven hats and you help with this, help with that and play the guitar some weeks and whatever else. And, um, so that, that's like a little bit of a difference here where we could probably have more conversation, but it's awesome when team members have a heart for serving the church, both on and off stage. So they don't just show up when they're on, they participate in the life of the church in other ways either leading some kind of group or being a part of some kind of ministry or, you know, I know we have a lot of worship team instrumentalists who are great instrumentalists, but some Sundays they're on the camera or the soundboard or greeting people. And they're just, you know, part of other, other aspects. And it also goes along with attendance, which is just a, you know, ongoing culture building thing that you want your worship band to be a part of the church, not just a part of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're saying this, I'm picturing,
0: uh how great would it be to have um a pick up trash day where the whole worship team comes out to like clean up the little bits of trash around the, the parking lot or, or something like that to to kind of come together and do that um outside of the worship box event yeah.
1: that and that i mean man we used to you saying that reminds me that like one time we all got in vans and drove to a children's home and uh and washed windows and painted and stuff it was oh, like nice. a worship team mission trip but yeah if a worship team members just in general could be a part of that it, be community building and mission and ministry together like that would just be powerful that
0: great. I know
1: some nights after we have like worship team training times we'll I'll, uh, I've done this before haven't been in, in a while but we'll uh print off in advance various locations around the church and we'll send the worship team members by twos with this little piece of paper that says go to this place in the building and pray for you know the representation of what this place is the preacher or the kids ministry or the church administrator or just whatever. And then to close it all off for the evening of training is to go and and be praying for this around the building. And that's always like a reminder that it's not just about the stage. In fact, when you step onto the stage, you're really stepping down. Like it's a serving role. It's not Mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, a a promotion role. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I may have said this in another
0: podcast, but, uh, one time I visited Sarah where she was living at the time uh, my sister's there and, uh, her church had all of the worship team. Um, there was a stage, you know, four or five feet high, but instead of being on that stage, they were all down at floor level and they were kind of sitting in a circle. And unless you were sitting kind of close to the front, you wouldn't even know that there was a, a worship band. Uh, you hmm. maybe, uh, you know, if you could hear the nuances of, uh, stopping and starting and, and people tuning and that kind of thing, you you'd know, there's a band, but, uh, I just, that just struck me as, wow. Okay. You know, we're, that band is not, <laughs> doesn't have to worry about their makeup. It is my hair right?
1: Or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Uh, that just really struck me. That is good. And that, I mean, that whole thing, there's a lot of symbolism of what a space does and how mm-hmm. a space looks. And in modern worship, there's just a ton of, you know, production that goes into it and, and so the, the symbolism of being on the floor or being around people or being in the round, any of that stuff can like, can preach a message and it's neat. If you can do some changes throughout, some mm-hmm. people are locked into the the everyday, but I've also, um, never minded putting myself in a place of, um, well, maybe this get too long for this little paragraph, but sometimes humility means inserting yourself into a situation as opposed to saying, no, it's not about me. I'm going to stay down here on the floor. And so I, I, I I totally agree with what you just said. I think that's awesome. But sometimes people will almost have false humility by saying, don't look at me. Don't see me. It's not about me. Then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden what you've done is you stepped away from leadership. (laughs) So at (laughs) some point you, you have to like insert yourself there and, and use your name and use your gifts and use your ability and let it be used up in the kingdom and, and be a vessel in whatever way you can and not kind of, try to on your own try to not be known because god gave us a name to use when i when i kind of realized that my name was there to be used for whatever could be helpful in the kingdom i stick tim price on everything
0: it (laughs) doesn't matter to me at
1: all i mean like i don't think about it being like oh me 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 i think about being hey take it if it works use it i mean stick it on something i'll be a reference if i know you i'll be a reference if i uh, believe in you i'll put my name on it i mean i'll just i'll uh i'll just use it because you know what else is there for? It's for the kingdom?
0: Good. Well, it's a good name. You've you've made a you've built that name over through the years. And, and anytime I see the, the name Tim Price, I think of a certain quality. I think of a certain character and and all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> That's cool. And and you made me think just now when we mentioned uh, sometimes you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, getting in front of people is actually quite hu- uh, not humiliating, uh, uh, humble uh, to do because <laughs> you're taking a risk. Uh, yeah you're definitely. you're you're risking if you if you mess up or if you um you know there's that stage fright or or whatever the case may be, yeah putting yourself out there is like a sacrifice, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna think of it kinda like that, i guess
1: yeah that's cool that's a good way to put it
0: well, number five is pray for the ministry,
1: yeah I think that um focusing in here on what great team members do uh one of them is they pray for the ministry, and this doesn't have to be uh you know there's spectrums of prayer and we just want people to be faithful in praying just to remember the church, remember the pastor, remember the team, remember the ministry. And when you're spending time in prayer to, um, make sure that you lift those up, but then also great team members, uh, help make sure that we pray together as a team and help, you know, lead in prayer aloud, and, um, just have a a kind of a level of trust and faith that God's going to work in that. And, um, you know, sometimes when the, when the worship team leader forgets to circle up or, uh, is running around with the last minute detail, other people can take that. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that team members can make sure that we are trusting the Lord to work through prayer. And that's, that's pretty cool. And, um, it makes me think that, uh, maybe today we don't always end podcasts with prayer. We've done it a couple times, but, um, you know, being, a uh, being that we just talked about that it might be good if we just close today's podcast with prayer and Sounds to good. Be, be praying for, um, you know, your, your team to have some of these things. And And again, we don't have to keep harping on this, but we didn't put anything about great team members, um, following Christ and, you know, living out a witness, all that we, we kind of <laughs> assume this is understood. Yeah. This is practical stuff, but we want to pray for your team to be connected in community and communication and to uh, be excellent in their craft and learn stuff, to encourage each other, to serve both on stage and off, and to be praying for the ministry as well. So I'll just lead us in prayer and then we can wind down from here. Lord, we want to thank you so much for the listeners today who are hearing this podcast and this information and are thinking hard and planning hard and working hard for their ministries and the people they serve and the people they serve with. And we pray, Lord, that your presence would fill their lives, that it would be um, kind of invade the ministries and the, the churches they're a part of, that they would have a renewed sense of hope and purpose and uh, the resources that are needed to continue uh, both inward and also as a whole team and a church. And we're praying for team members, Lord, for all the various talented, skilled musicians and tech team members and vocalists that that each of us collectively know the huge wide circle of influence that we have. And we pray, God, that you would be in their midst, that you would be wooing them, calling them, giving them ample time to, to uh, have clear schedules, to serve when needed, to feel like they're part of the church, to feel like their gifts are being used and multiplied by your grace. And I pray, God, that that the ministries that we're leading would continue to grow and to flourish. That you would bless them, Lord. Help us to reach a, the, the people, inspire people to draw close to you and your presence. But also, Lord, the the attractiveness of being spirit-filled and loving you, knowing you, would draw in others. And that they would sense your presence in their lives, too. And we just ask this blessing and trust in your name and ask it all in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Awesome. Well, it's been great to be with you today on the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, and we will connect next time.